Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Christy and... Mr. Harvell, so we've got the rare opportunity to get both of us on the podcast this afternoon, but I wanted to bring Scott in because he definitely has a story. He has his own testimony to share, um, and it's pretty pertinent to the times with everybody's under stress coming out of 2020 and um, just with us trying to instill hope and encourage others that there are other things out there other than drugs and surgery, but his story is pretty powerful. And so we're going to get him to explain that whole thing on film. And hopefully he doesn't make me cry. Hopefully I don't cry. <laughs> hopefully we don't have any tissues in here, so we can pray for us. <laughs> so Scott and I, I think I got it correct, 13 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got it correct. I'm the dude in the relationship. <laughs> So we've been together for 13 years, and so we moved here six years ago from upstate New York, and, you know, I knew up there that he struggled with some seasonal stuff with depression. You know, there would be times where definitely, like, he would be on the couch and kind of lounging around, and so doing what I do in the clinic, you know, I would give him vitamin D and some St. John's wort and just try to treat him nutritionally, and then we would get through it, but... I never really knew how bad it was, so I put it was about three years ago, right? Yeah, about, uh, almost four, yeah. So three, three to four, four years, years ago, after we had already moved to Jacksonville, that Scott, like, sat me down. I actually think he tried to talk to me for a week and said, hey, I have something I need to talk to you about, like, you need to carve time out of your schedule, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, and then finally he was like, we need to talk now. Do so you want to kind of tell everybody what that conversation was like? Okay, <laughs> so that was the conversation where <clears throat> I was really expressing to you how severe the the depression and the <clears throat> and the suicidal thoughts were that I was struggling with for mm -hmm. so long, and so like you said, <clears throat> it wasn't something that um, I think that was actually the first time that I actually ever told anybody that I struggled with depression. Right. So, um, yeah, so I just sat you down and, and explained that I need help is right. basically what it was that I just can't, um, can't figure it out. I can't seem to <clears throat> fix it on my own with all of the do-it-yourself study and research that I did for 25 plus years. I just mm -hmm. can't seem to get out of the cycle. Right. Um, the, um, the amount of depression or the time, the amount, the number of times that it would affect me throughout the year had definitely lessened, but it wasn't going away completely and it still definitely had a grip on me. And so <clears throat> I just felt like I was at the point where I just, um, I was just, I was just crying out for help. I was begging yeah. for help. Which is kind of astounding, right? Because you like live with somebody, you're together forever, you think you know them and everything. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about this today, too, is like, because I put blame on myself. Like, how could I not have known that it was this severe? And so do you want to talk a little bit about, like, how could somebody who seems functional, like people who are going to listen to this podcast that know you are going to also be like, I had no idea. So can you maybe kind of help other people understand, like, how could somebody who others think are highly successful, positive people be hiding this and having it, you know, this is what's going on on the inside. Nobody really knows. Yeah, so I guess I can only speak for myself, but it was um, it was a couple of things. So one was shame, you know, and fear, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. not wanting to 
<clears throat> not wanting to put a label or to express that I had a, a problem or an issue that I couldn't handle. Mm -hmm. um, and so, <clears throat> and so I just kept it in and I was just, I guess in, in, for the past 25 years, I was just a really, really good actor. Yeah. Yeah, I just put on a really good face um, the best that I could. Um, right. I pretended like everything was great. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and it did, you know, honest, honestly, when I'm out and about and when I was with other people and when I was working and when I kept my mind active and kept my, you know, kept my body active, it definitely helped. Right. It's really when, when you're struggling with that, it's when you're on your own and it's just mm -hmm. you and yourself. That's when, you know, it's, it's, you, you, you tend to spiral downhill and that's when it really takes a, a, a hold of you. And at that time, too, you had started working from home, right? So you had had a change in dynamics where you were by yourself a lot more often, right? Right. And that might have helped you kind of realize, like, this isn't going away. Right. Yeah. So when he told me that, of course, me being the doctor, I'm like, okay, well, we have to get you help. Clearly, like, we have a lot of different options of what we can do. We know a lot of things. Like, we've got to fix this. And so right away, like, I kind of said to Scott, like, I know what we need to do. And so do you want to talk about that, like, what we did right away? Yeah, so you were currently going through um, UNS, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. so you thought that that could be the a good first step to go and talk to talk to those counselors and and right. and see if they had anything that they could offer right, right. and so reach out to them and, and talk to them and um, <clears throat> and so naturally my first response was defensive right my first response was no I'm not going there right. you know it's um, you know it was Dian Dianetics um, L. Ron Hubbard and he's got a bad reputation with um, you know with uh, you know, with that aspect of that um, church that uh, that um, he belongs to or started. Uh, He's trying not to say Scientology, but in full disclosure, I feel like it's pertinent to the story. And we can just do a sidebar and say, like, we're Christians. Like, our faith wasn't shaken. We weren't going to, you know, to try to, you know, find some other service to worship. But I did know about this technique that they offered and I had studied other techniques. A lot of there's a lot of subconscious like reprogramming type techniques that kind of just diffuse the subconscious programming that we have that repeats patterns throughout our lives even when it doesn't make sense. And so I knew the science behind the technique. I didn't know anybody locally who was doing anything similar, but I knew other techniques. And so, you know, we were under the advisement of Yulon and we trust them. And so we felt like we could go and get these services for him without subscribing to the rest of the whole Scientology thing. So I just say that so you don't feel awkward about the rest of it. Sure. <laughs> yep. So definitely was defending against it at first and say, you know, saying, no, I'm not going to do that. But thankfully, after I thought about it and realized, I said, what, what am I doing? Like, I, I just laid it all out to you. I'm begging for help. I'm asking for help. And here you are. <clears throat> given a suggestion mm -hmm. that could help and I'm, I'm shooting it down squashing it right out of the gate so so I, I came back to you and said you know what I, I changed my mind let's let's give it a shot yeah so we drove to Tampa pretty quickly after that right we're like cancel everything if somebody tells you it's a matter of life or death like they're having suicidal thoughts you're like I don't give a hoot about schedule whatever else is on the calendar like we're just gonna go and do it so you want to talk about your results um, so from from the Dianetics, um, yeah. So it was amazing results. I think we spent that weekend. Uh, we we probably invested a good forty plus hours mm -hmm. of going through the, the techniques mm -hmm. the, with the first couple of weekends that we were there, um, and I had drastic results. I mean, they they put me through an examination, a test of like my feelings on things, you know, like a depression test, and it yeah. was it was pretty pretty uh, meek and pretty. Um, like severe. Yeah, severe as far as the results. And then after um, going through the program, uh, they gave me the same test. And I think they probably have it hanging on a wall as far as like poster child of extreme <laughs> night and day difference of improvement. Um, but without a doubt, I mean, I left there feeling euphoric. I felt like a kid again. I felt like I was, you know, high on life again. Mm -hmm. I felt like I can tackle the world. I felt, you know, just like you do when you're a kid before you get 
you know, shot down with a, with a thousand no's and reality uh, of life uh, smacks you in the face, I guess. Um, I definitely felt, um, uh, I felt amazing, for yeah. sure. That's super powerful because, um, and Scott has studied this now because of his own testimony and desire to help other people, so he can give you more of the statistics, but we know, like, depression, um, mood disorders affects, like, a huge percent of the population. We know that those are one of the highest prescribed medications in pharmaceutical land. So to go through something that's pretty innocuous, pretty benign as far as what the process was, and be able to diffuse all those years of depression and triggering and just mental anguish over the course of a weekend is pretty incredible testimony of what the body's um, capable of, right? Yeah. But did it last? Um, no, it didn't last. There was more work to be done, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of kind of like peeling back an onion, right? Like mm -hmm. kind of similar similar to what what you do, right? And so it it got rid of or it, it helped to neutralize mm -hmm. a lot of the big, you know, um, issues that mm -hmm. were underlying that were there in the subconscious. Um, but there was still uh, still work that needed to be done. So from there, I, I researched, well, what other techniques are out there, right? This right. can't be the only one, right? So what other yeah. techniques are out there? And I was able to find, you know, many different natural techniques that are all, you know, similar concepts, right? right. Just natural, non-invasive techniques that allow us to go into our subconscious mm -hmm. and really just neutralize that negative energy. Right. Um, what I, this may not be the scientific explanation, but what I found personally from my own... <laughs> From my own, from Scott's viewpoint, was the commonality of all the different techniques was literally just that, you know, we're we're energy, right? Everything is energy. Everything in the universe is energy, um, and so in our minds, in our past memory, there's either a negative charge or there's a positive charge. Right. And it's that negative charge that's there that's attached that when it gets triggered, when something happens and triggers it, we just automatically go into that, you know, negative viewpoint and that negative reaction that spirals us downhill. So the techniques literally just going back and just neutralizing or minimizing that negative charge. Right. And ideally filling it or replacing it with a positive charge, mm -hmm. um, but just uh, eliminating it to begin with makes a world of difference. So now when those triggers happen, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not taking, it's not taking over. It's not, you know, your subconscious isn't right. controlling you. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty wild because it's like, you know, it's almost like looking from the outside in, like you're not going to, the events that took place, the memories are still there, but it's almost like it happened to somebody else because you don't feel, you don't feel that attachment. You yeah. don't feel that anxiety. You don't feel that negativity. You don't feel, you know, that terror or whatever mm -hmm. it is that's attached to that memory. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it's not... Um, you know, so it doesn't erase. It's not like it's yeah. going in and erasing my m memories or, yeah. or changing who I am. It's literally just eliminating those charges. Right. So it's kind of like a desensitization. Like the world can still happen. The triggers can still come. The people can still exist in your life. You don't have to give up your responsibilities and cancel everything, but just to not be constantly triggered. Because that's kind of what's cool about some of these techniques is that you know, maybe at one point that reaction served you for maybe a survival type of a mechanism, kind of like that fight or flight, you know, and, and then what happens is patterns repeat over your lifetime, over your adulthood, and you might find that you're constantly like certain things like squash you or make you feel anxious or less productive, and you don't it, you're not able to put a finger on it, like explain it, you know what I mean? And it's because you're having this charge or reaction to something from maybe even when you were like an infant all the way up to seven years of age. And so it no longer serves you anymore. So any of the techniques that, you know, we've studied and tried, just like he said, diffuse it. So I thought you did a good scientific explanation. That was good. And I will mention too, um, we're going to talk about Dr. Megan, Dr. Mike, and Dr. Kevin, some of the gurus that we found locally to go to, um, specifically for neuroemotional techniques, seems to be the one that we've landed on that we could find and it was easily accessible. 
um, locally here in Jacksonville. But Dr. Meg and Dr. Mike were both guests on previous episodes of the podcast. So if you go backwards, you'll be able to find Dr. Megan and Dr. Mike Longyear, and they can explain a little bit more of the science of how they do and the neurology of it as well. Yeah. And then one quick thing that I'll also touch on yeah. as well is... Um, so a lot of, there's kind of that myth that, you know, if you're dealing with depression or any type of mental stress, you must have went through some really traumatic events in the past, yeah, right? Yeah, right. If you, you, were, you were beaten or you were, you know, totally abused, abused or, right. you know, on and on and on. I won't get into extreme details, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, mm -hmm. um, I wasn't any of those. There was no real right. extreme um you know, tragedies that happened other than, you know, just a separated, you know, family. When mm -hmm. I was young, my parents got divorced and, and that just took, unfortunately, took a, a huge toll on me, right. right? And so it's just crazy how your mind, when you're a child, right, and you're developing and learning, mm -hmm. how your mind kind of twists things to be so extreme, yeah. right, and so severe and so like end of the world, right? <laughs> and those but as an adult looking back, you realize, oh my, that wasn't even close to reality. But it's stuck there. Right. You know, it's it's just implanted into mm -hmm. your brain because you believed it at that point that, you know, this is you know that yeah. that it's this is a severe, super severe event. You know that my parents right. are getting divorced and I'm not going to have both of my parents and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and that's you know you're. As a child, your mind is always recording, and so you're starting to create all your belief systems, and that's your very first impression of family, relationships, stability, uh, you know, ex um, explanations of love, words that are used. And so when you're young, that is your whole world. Like now we can look back and compare it and be like, okay, that was just a blip in time. But as a child, like you don't have the rest of your life to compare the severity of it. Like that was your whole world at yeah, that point. So I say that too for people to understand like as a child is growing and developing and recording and perceiving their world, the importance of providing a stable environment or understanding like kids that are coming from separated homes, adoptions, that they have these things that have been recorded and so you can't just talk somebody out of their feelings or reactions to it because it's physiologically programmed now. Your body, your chemistry, your hormones are going to go there and sometimes mind over matter. Like Scott can tell you, he tried all the self-help. Like when I first met him 13 years ago, he was into all the self-help. He had read every book. He, you know, never gave up. He persisted in trying to DIY it like he said. But it wasn't successful because he wasn't getting to that root of the problem, right? Yep, exactly. Yep. I, so for me, um, do you want me to talk about the past, like as far as when I first realized I was depressed or no? Yeah. Yeah, because I went down the traditional medical route. I mean, I had my, you know, my family doctor and talked to my doctor about, you know, this, the feelings and mm -hmm. he, um, you know, and, and that I was struggling. And so he gave me the written test, you know, the simple you know, it's a questionnaire, questionnaire, right? right? Yeah. And then immediately said, "Yep, you're suffering mm -hmm. from depression." And so he put me on um, put me on pharmaceutical drug yeah. to to help with the depression. So I took the drug, and um, I felt that probably that feel that euphoric feel good feeling probably for a couple of weeks, um, but it really just kind of wore off that euphoric yeah. feeling. But what I was left with was horrible side effects. The side effects were just terrible. Mm -hmm. I felt like my skin was crawling and like my skin was peeling off. And I felt nauseous all the time when I ate, when I didn't eat. Um, just a, a laundry list of side effects. Mm -hmm. So I went back to the doctor and told him, that, you know, what I just said. And he yeah. said, okay, well, we'll just change the drug. So he just gave me a different drug. Right. And so I took the second drug. And the exact same things mm -hmm. happened with, with, with just different side effects. So then I went back the third time and told mm -hmm. him the exact same thing. And his answer to that was, okay, well, we'll give you a second drug, an additional drug. We found that if we combine two drugs together, mm -hmm. then that'll help to, you know, alleviate, you know, the side effects. Well, that didn't work either. So I went through that game for a year until, until I said no. You know, I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going down this road for the rest of my life. There is no way I'm going to be on drugs and feel like I, feel like I right. feel, you know, for the rest of my life. And knowing that it didn't solve anything. Like right. the, like the mm. depression, the feelings didn't go away at all. I just had that euphoric feeling initially, right? 
So that it kind of just makes you not care that you're depressed? Yeah. Okay. It's just trying to make, you know, it's just, you know, in, in, it's trying to make me feel good, yeah. you know, through, through the drug. <clears throat> so after a year was, was, I said, all right, forget it. I'm not going down this path anymore. And that's when I started. And this was when I was a late teenager is when I found this out. Um, that's when I decided to go down the natural approach. And uh, I said, I'll, I'll figure this out and I'll fix it. And so you're right, I bought every self-help book I can find. I went to seminars. I started really getting deep into the motivational gurus and the motivational teaching. Um, and so everything that I found, there's a, there a lot of good information on how to, naturally, um, how to naturally heal or combat or overcome depression. Um, but they, they, in the end, didn't really work for me as, uh, as well because it was like, uh, well, exercise, right. right? And go out in the sunshine and get make sure you get sun and go out for walks and, you know, socialize with other people and right. take some, you know, some St. John's War, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's all great in theory, right? And that's all great stuff to do when you're feeling good. But when you're depressed, like, that, those are the last thing you just can't do it. Like right. when, when, I'm, when I'm in that depression, I just want to crawl into a cave and just hibernate. Like mm -hmm. I, I can't go exercise. Yeah. My brain says I should go do it, right. but I just, I physically can't go do it. Yeah. I can't exercise. I can't go in the sun. Mm. I can't socialize with people. I, I want to do the exact opposite of everything that I was reading that said is what I should do to, to yeah. combat depression. So, um, but to your point, I just felt like there's, there has to be an answer. There has to be a way where I can naturally defeat this. And right. so I just kept pursuing for my entire life. That's awesome. Well, and I want to always ask, like, I like, we have so many cool stories of people, like, with amazing testimonies. So, like, do you feel like there's something in you that's unique from somebody else that can't dig themselves out of this? Like, what do you think it is that, like, you persisted to keep trying to find answers? Because somebody who feels like what you just described isn't going to be super motivated to like look up a whole lot of stuff and go find answers and interview a lot of different practitioners. So like, what do you attribute that drive to? Um, I don't know other than just uh, perseverance and just wanting it. I just mm -hmm. wanted it. I just knew that there had to be a better way and I wanted to, to live a good life. And, and I was always, I was always an optimistic kid, always mm -hmm. an optimistic kid always thought I was going to be successful in life, mm -hmm. always had ambition, always had drive, always thought that, you know, I would just be able to conquer the world, you know, and so, <laughs> he still does. When, the, <laughs> and so when this was, you know, when it, when it, this was happening to me, I just, just didn't, just didn't want to, I just didn't accept it. Yeah. And so, um, but to your point, in, when, when you're struggling, well, like when you're in the midst of it, when it really has its hold on you, totally different, per, you know, perspective. Yeah. Totally different perspective. You, you definitely feel defeated during, mm -hmm. you know, during that time. Mm -hmm. So it was more of when I was, was, you know, out of it or, you know, however long it dragged me down and when I finally rebounded out of it. But, um, but it definitely took a negative toll on my life overall it def there was a lot of setbacks because mm -hmm. of the depression mm -hmm. because I would I would just disappear mm -hmm. yeah. um, I would disappear from my friends I would disappear from my family I would disappear from work and mm -hmm. I came up with a lot of sadly a lot of lies a lot of excuses mm -hmm. I always would say I'm sick I got the flu mm -hmm. I got this going on that going on whatever I just uh, but I would I just would never admit it I never told right. the truth as to you know I mean how do you tell somebody that yeah I can't come into work today because I'm depressed yeah no I don't want to hang out with you guys right now because I'm depressed I mean some people could do that I just I'm sure but I never felt like I could right until four years ago yeah I mean we have been together forever I'm a doctor you know as I help people with things I'm not a psychologist or anything and like he still wasn't able to be forthcoming with me about how severe it was so yeah, it's not something you want to admit. And sometimes, too, like, even with other conditions, what we find is, like, saying something out loud suddenly makes it real, right? Like, once it's out there, like, you have, you're forced to confront it at that point, right? So it would force you into a new habit of now trying to conquer it in a different way because you voiced it, like you brought it to life. Yeah, I would definitely recommend anybody that is going through that <clears> to <throat> as soon as possible with someone that 
you know, someone that you truly love and someone that you know and loves yeah. you and cares about you to absolutely uh, express it. Yeah. You know, absolutely tell them <clears throat> what, <clears throat> what you're going through <clears throat> because it's, um, it's lonely, you know, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. doing it, you know, trying to figure it out on your own. And you think that you can, you know, on your own, but the reality is you're in that, you know, you're in that position mm -hmm. for a reason. You're going to do the best for yourself that you possibly can. And when you're cycling through it over and over and over again, <clears throat> you're proving to yourself that you don't have the answers. Right. You know, so you don't. You well, can't. Well, and that's defeating too, right? Yeah. So you, it's, um, so, you, so you really do need to be able to confront it. You need to be able to vocalize it, and, the, and, and you need to be able to ask for help. The mm -hmm. sooner that you could do that, the, the, the better you're, the faster and closer you're going to get to the journey of, of getting results. Right. And maybe voice it to somebody who you know is going to force you to take action. Like, don't maybe voice <laughs> it to somebody who's going to sugarcoat it or let you, con you know, persist on taking your own action. You know, if you are the, if you're the action taker in the relationship, you need to probably tell it to somebody who's going to be like, okay, you put this ball in my court. Cause once he told me, I'm like, we're done. Like, we're gonna, you guys know me like listeners. A lot of you who are listening know me. I was like, okay, you just put this with me. Now we're going to, we're going like I'm an action taker. So I don't know if that is important to other people, but you know, you can't tell somebody who's going to be like, Oh honey, it's okay. I'm sure it's not that bad. Right? Like you got to tell somebody who you know is going to advocate for you and take some action steps and maybe be a little like uncomfortable with you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I definitely was, um, I giggled because I was definitely surprised at your reaction when I was, you know, I was worried about telling you this, right? Because yeah. here I am, your husband, right? I'm supposed to be, <clears throat> supposed to be your rock, right? Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be your rock and we're in life together. And, you know, I felt guilty for so many, so many years that I didn't tell you because I felt like this is probably something that I should have shared with you before you committed the rest of your life to me, yeah. right? Because at that time, I felt like I'm pretty broken. Like, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to fix this, right? Right. And so I was really worried about telling you because I thought that, you know, how, how are you going to take it? Like, are you going to be mad? Are you going to be angry? Are you going to think less of me? Are you going to want to leave? Like, I'm thinking of all those negative thoughts. And so it's pretty funny when I finally broke down and told you, your response was just like, Okay, no problem. We'll fix it. I got it. I got it covered. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, how? I'm like, I don't know. But we'll figure it out. We'll get some answers. Yeah. Okay. Um, but go for it. Let's do it. I'm a little crazy. So my conviction for the bunny to heal is super high because of my experience and whatnot, too. So maybe that's not how everybody will do it. But I think it could be encouraging, you know, to hear our story and a reaction. Like, of course, when you're down and you're roller coastering, you're going to perceive that it's going to go the worst scenario possible because you're already in that, like, school of thinking, worst case scenario, that hopefully that conversation for other people who decide to kind of speak out and voice what's going on is probably not going to be as bad as you think it's going to be. Right? Sure. Right. Yeah. So... Is depression and mental health an epidemic? Do you want to share, like, with your own research of what you tried to do? Do you have some numbers that are at the top of your head without? I mean, I documents. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's millions, millions of people that are suffering from you know mental stress. Um, personally, and again, I'm not a doctor. Personally, I don't I don't call I don't think of it as a disease. I don't mm -hmm. think depression is a disease. Mental, you know, it's a, you know a mental disease. Uh, I think it's just what we just explained. It's just, you know, the memories, that, neg that energy from perception from when you were a kid, you know, or traumatic events, right? But it, it, it all could be cleared out. It mm -hmm. all can be um, resolved. Right. Mo most of it, I should, I should say most of it should, could be resolved where it's not controlling your life. Right. Um, so as far as the epidemic, I think, you know, I think, most everybody probably struggles with with different levels of it sure. some of it some people struggle you know more than others mm -hmm. right but we all have those charges in you know in our subconscious um but i think now more than ever light the light is being shined on it and people are realizing that they're having that struggles 
because they're more alone now with the whole social distancing mm -hmm. and with the whole quarantine yeah. and the whole working from home. People now are with themselves and alone with themselves more right. than they ever had been prior to this. Right. So I think that it was, it's probably always been there at mm -hmm. a level and at a, at a degree, but now again for those reasons, mm -hmm. I think it is, it is kind of come to the limelight or the spotlight where it's now being considered this fresh new epidemic, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And we know, too, like coming out of 2020, anybody who was kind of teetering, you know, maybe they were able to like overcome it or adapt or kind of push through, you know, 2020 either like make made or break people. So, yeah, if people were teetering, we definitely know mental health conditions are on or have skyrocketed since the pandemic for sure. And for all the reasons that Scott just mentioned. So where does that bring you today? Like, where does all this journey of like, you know, decades of struggling, kind of getting some resolution, better understanding the source of depression and kind of starting to pull yourself out of it? Like, are you over it? Yeah, I 100% feel and believe that I've completely conquered the depression. That's awesome. 100%, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. So does it ever try to rear its ugly head, right? Yeah. Are there ever triggers? Absolutely, right? Yeah. So there's definitely still things there that get triggered. Mm -hmm. Here's the difference, though. So when things get triggered now and I feel, I feel it, you know, um, creeping in, right, and I feel it trying to take me down, I'm able, I have that awareness now yeah. where now I can say, no, you know, that's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, I, I have control, right? Yeah. And it's not, you know, and it's not nearly as bad as, um, you know, my body or my subconscious wants to, wants to take it. And so I go through techniques, you know, uh, working on myself to, um, to try to clear it out mm -hmm. that day. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I'm successful and sometimes I'm not. But the main difference is I'll uh, go to sleep that night, I'll wake up the next day, and I feel perfectly normal, perfectly mm -hmm. amazing, and I just chalk it up to a bad day. Whereas in the past, mm -hmm. that would spiral me down for, you know, for weeks, sometimes right. months, of as soon as it triggered, as soon as it clicked, I had no control over right. it. Right. It would just be up to time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so definitely drastically better um, than than I was for for decades mm -hmm. um, but always still gonna do you know still gonna continue to do work on myself I still even though I feel like I've conquered it and defeated it I still every week go to Dr. Kevin and still get treatment I still do uh, meditation mm -hmm. I still pray I still do gratitude journals mm -hmm. I still do all the techniques that worked for me right. and I will continue to do so um, whether I have the depression or not just because it puts me in a um, just a much much the best place that I've ever been in my life that's awesome yeah, so it's worth continuing to do okay so we can't not talk about diet and nutrition and exercise so yeah. how important have those influences been like if you Man, eat that yeah. That, yeah, that 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 was night and day seeing in hindsight seeing the seeing the testimony of or seeing the, the how important nutrition is and how important diet is. So for me my the real quick, you know, journey for me as a kid, I was like most kids, I was a sugar fiend. I loved candy and I loved sugar. I would get my allowance and I would go right to the store and I would buy whatever as much candy as I possibly could with my allowance. Scott Harvell. I did. Oh. Uh, what can I tell you? I was a kid. I loved it. And so growing up in our household, we you know, normal household as far we cooked our meals, mm -hmm. um you know, meat and potatoes and vegetables for our dinners, mm -hmm. uh, but we still had the processed foods in the household, right? We right. still had the mm -hmm. chips and we still had the boxes of cereal and we still had the Pop-Tarts and we still had the crackers, mm -hmm. right? All the processed stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was one of those lucky ones that had a high metabolism as a kid and I was always active and an athlete. So I could never mm -hmm. put on weight. So I, from the outside in, I always looked like I was healthy right. right I never looked like I was sick or unhealthy but from the inside I started really started having issues mm -hmm. so from the time I was an early teenager 
uh, I started having heartburn mm -hmm. every single day and my guts were a mess, you know, cramps and my bowel movements were terrible and just always, you know, indigestion and just, uh, you know, having issues to the point where I had to start taking a heartburn pill from the time I was an early teenager, you know, um, contrary to my mom's, my mom, contrary to my mom's belief, she was like, there's no way you could have heartburn, you know, this young. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, but I, I do. Yeah. Uh, and so, <clears throat> fast, continuing that, fast forward of just eating whatever I wanted to eat, thinking I could get away with it. Then I go into college, and after college, when it's making my own decisions of what to eat, mm -hmm. I look back in hindsight, and everything that I ate was glucose and sugar related. Right. Everything I ate converted to, 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 um, to sugar. It was all the, what I call the dry carbs, right? So it was all the breads and the chips mm -hmm. and the crackers and the pizza and the wings and fast food and anything and everything um, was just, was, was non-nutritional, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, so I found, you know, continued to spiral downhill where every single day I was just dead tired. I was exhausted every single day. I didn't have any energy. I felt like I could take a nap all day long, every day. And on most days, I did take naps. And so, um, same thing. I would try to figure out how to, you know, the do-it-yourself, how to mm -hmm. combat it. And so, I would buy the supplements or whatever needed I needed to buy to to help fix it. But nothing was really, or at least nothing that I was researching was really, again, talking about the root cause. It was yeah. just treating the symptoms. Symptom really. I, yeah. I need energy. Okay, here's a supplement booster. Mm -hmm. I need this. Okay, here's a supplement booster. Um, but continued to eat the garbage. Right. And so <clears throat> horrible energy, uh, brain fog every day, all the time. I just felt like, you know, there was just that cloud, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, a hovering above me. And so just couldn't think straight, making a ton of mis mistakes. So just fighting through that um, every single day. And then, of course, combating it with stimulants. So yeah. I would drink the five-hour energy shots and the Red Bulls all day and coffee and caffeine all day. So sugar consumption food Stimulant. with the stimulants yeah. and then sadly alcohol all night long to kind of you know bring me back yeah. down and you know dealing with the the pain and the suffering and the depression yeah. um so all day stimulants and sugar and all and all night you know so i'm just going through that roller coaster ride which totally enhanced the depression right? yeah you were already roller coastering yeah. yeah so here i am feeling like garbage and then and then the um you know dealing with the depression and so the roller coaster ride of the depression etc and so i my whole my whole do-it-yourself approach wasn't fixing what i was eating mm -hmm. it was loading myself up with supplements to the point where i was taking so many buying so many supplements the entrepreneurial Scott was like, well, why don't I create my own supplement brand that has all of these supplements all in one pill, in one bottle, right? Rather than buying them all, I'll sell them for, I'll sell you everything you need in one bottle and, you know, for a fraction of the price. So I literally spent the time creating my own company and creating my own formula for a supplement, uh, for a herbal supplement. Um, got actually got it approved, had it made by a manufacturing company, um, went through the whole process to start my own supplement company, right? Um, we still and, have the bottle. <laughs> and none of that worked for me. None of that fixed yeah. anything, right? So anyways, getting back to the, you know, the, uh, the journey. And so that all continued. And like you said, the suicidal you know, thoughts. Um, and then at 32 years old was my rock bottom. 32 mm -hmm. years old was when I had given up on everything. Um, and I just felt like I just, that's when I was the most defeated. And I mm -hmm. felt like I just can't, I can't beat it. Mm -hmm. And so, <clears throat> so I, um, uh, so I had my suicide <clears throat> all planned out, uh, at 32 years old. Um, which is, which is, you know, a sh which is discouraging and a shame to begin with. But at that time, um, I had a four-year-old son mm -hmm. at the time who my son is, you know, the world, <clears throat> the world to me. So that tells you how, how crippling it can be when, you know, even with your family and your loved ones and a, 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 a child that you cherish, right, you're still 
willing to take your own life because you're just struggling so much. Yeah. So, yeah, at 32 years old, I remember specifically driving to pick my son up from preschool. Mm -hmm. um, it was early afternoon because uh, he's four years old, right? So early afternoon, and I'm going to pick him up from preschool and figuring out who I'm going to take him to so I can drop him off so that I could go <clears throat> and take my life. So I remember sitting at a stoplight <clears throat> almost to pick him up, and uh, I'm crying, I'm losing it. Uh, I can't believe that I'm going to do this, but I am. And I turn at the stoplight, and there's a church on the corner. And I felt this overwhelming pulling and this overwhelming feeling and calling to go, to, to go into this church. Now, understand that I've, at the time, I've never stepped foot in that church in my life. I have no idea, no idea what denomination the church was. And at the time, I did not have a relationship with God. I was not walking with God at the time, but he was there for me. <coughs> and, um, sorry. And... <coughs> and was pulling me uh, to save me into this church. So thankfully I listened and I turned my car and I pulled into this church and there was two cars in the parking lot. Again, it was the middle of the day, early afternoon. So the church was not open. Um, so I walked up and thankfully the, the door was open. I walked in, a lady greeted me and she could see that I was you know, visibly a wreck mm -hmm. and asked if, um, if she could help me. And I, I just said, I just need to go to the altar. I need to go to the altar and I need to pray. I don't even know how I knew that, but thanks, Grandma, for forcing me to go to church as a kid. So I went to the altar, I got down, and I just lost it. Um, and so I wish I could tell you that audibly that God spoke to me. Uh, he didn't, but he did. So I just <clears throat> felt this overwhelming feeling of peace just rush through my body. <clears throat> and, um, and just all of that burden and all that weight was just was lifted. And so I had that moment of clarity of like, dude, what are you doing? You're 32 years old. You have so much to live for. There's so much ahead of you. Like you can, you can fix this. Like this is ridiculous. This is, this is not the end. <clears throat> and so that was my rock bottom. I left from, from there. I went home. Um, and uh, I, that's when I made the change of where I, I knew I, I have to make a difference, right? And it was the clarity of, it's not, you know, the, the supplements weren't the answer. It's, it's, the, it's that junk that you're putting in your body. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, that was God. That was him, you know, giving, giving me that explanation. And so I, you know, at home, I threw away all the garbage. I threw away all the junk food. I threw away the alcohol. I had a homeless person that was living on my couch in my house. Because why not? You know, you got nothing else to live for. It was a friend of a friend, social, whatever, and he needed a place to stay. Sure, come on over, stay in my house. So I asked him he, that he needed to leave because he was a, certainly a bad influence. We, yeah. were, uh, we were not doing the, you know, the right things as far as, t you know, as far as what we were putting in our bodies. Um, so anyways, I made a conscious effort to clean my, clean my life up. So... Fast forward, at best in the beginning, I would say I was 50-50, right? 50% of the time I was putting clean food in my body. The other 50% of the time is bad habits. Mm -hmm. Still eating the junk food, still, you know, still answering, you know, the, the, the bad habits, you know, the, the mind asking for all this junk. Um, so it was really, so I had my good days. It was really the bad days that, that um, that had more of an impact. So I felt I'd feel good, but then when I would eat the junk food, then I'd feel bad afterwards. Where I was the next day, I'd be tired and lethargic, and my, you know, I have the brain fog. And that's like I said, where it clicked. Where I was like, no, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Right. This is what I don't want. I want to feel like I did on my good days. Mm -hmm. So that helped me to say no more to the bad stuff and yes to the good stuff. So. 50-50 turned into, you know, 60-40, and, you know, I just progressed the best I could. Um, five years after that, after rock bottom is when we met, and when we started a relationship, it took it to a whole new level of obviously getting chiropractic care, doing the nutrition response testing, really figuring out what, you know, my body is sensitive to, the exact nutrients that I need, uh, and then the clean eating went to 70-30, and then we adv I advanced to 80-20, 
Now we live a, a 90 10 lifestyle, yeah. right? Where 90% of the time we're putting nothing but clean, real nutrition uh, in our body to fuel our bodies. 10% life happens, right? Vacation, travel, uh, celebrations, what have you. Um, but the, the, the difference and the point of all that is now I'm 48 years old, right? And now I'm, on, I, I'm, no, I'm no longer on heartburn medicine every day like I was from early teens up until almost 40 years old every single day. Mm -hmm. So I'm no longer on heartburn medicine every day. I don't take any medicine whatsoever. I have energy through the roof. Um, I have mind clarity. I'm super productive through, you know, day in and day out. I have feelings of love and joy and gratitude. I'm like a completely different person right night and day difference but the crazy part is i'm the same exact human body right right it's the same human being it's the same body the main difference is what i was putting in my body and what i was doing for my body for myself the work on myself mm -hmm. versus now what i'm putting in my body and the work that i'm doing on myself and doing for myself right right that's the only difference it's amazing the body is amazing, the mind is amazing, God is amazing, right? Like if you put all those things together, mm -hmm. you, it's in, you can be invincible, really. So, and then talk about now, like coming on board. So now Scott, you know, he's been in the car business, he's done real estate investing, but even most recently, we finally joined forces. I've been secretly trying to get him to join Health by Design for a long time, but he's actually here as a nutrition coach and him and I are developing the 90-10 lifestyle as an online version of what we do with the nutrition coaching. So how formidable was that your journey on you finally saying yes to me? <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely a, uh, certainly a timing thing as well, right? So I had, you know, uh, multiple businesses going and I was, again, being able to be productive, right? Um, yeah. You know, um, spinning a lot of plates, if you will, juggling a lot of, you know, a, a lot of opportunities, businesses, etc., um, and just trying to be as, as productive and active as possible. But through my work on myself and through my, you know, mentor group and through prayer, it just kept coming to um, the surface that I really needed. I need more, I need to give back more. Mm -hmm. I really, I need to have more of a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. I was just, with the businesses, it's great, but I was just chasing money. I was just chasing um, uh, objects, money, whatever you want to call it. But I wasn't making an impact. I wasn't really making a deep-rooted impact. So it just kept coming to the surface that I need to give back more, which was okay. So I was just, um, because that was, you know, coming to fruition so often, I said, okay, I'll just, I'll, I'll plan a meeting with the church. I'll just figure out what, how much time and when I can volunteer at the church. Um, and so that's what I was going to do. And then <clears throat> you came home from work and we were in the kitchen and you were definitely half or more than half joking. And you just said to me nonchalant, like, hey, you want to be my new nutrition coach at Health by Design? And you giggled and I stopped and I thought, I was like, huh. Maybe. Tell me more. I'm like, that's a yes. <laughs> and you stop and turn. You're like, what? I'm like, and I told you just that. I said, I just, I keep feeling like I'm uh, being led to more of purpose filled, right? So tell me more. Do you think I could do it? And uh, so obviously we talked through that. Um, I came in and shadowed the nutrition coach, mm -hmm. and obviously went through training, and, and and here I, here I am now working with you on the nutrition side of it. Um, but for me. It's a hundred percent, you know. It's a hundred percent giving back, right? If I can work, if I can help one person to avoid what I went through, mm -hmm. then it's absolutely worth it to me. You know, right. it's it's so it's such good fuel for my soul, selfishly fuel for my soul to be able to do that, uh, and to be able to do the nutrition coaching and to be able to work with people. Uh, on taking their lives back, right, mm -hmm. and 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 to you know get their bodies and get their you know their uh, their mind to get back to optimal health. 
where we're right back to exactly what God God designed, these perfect machines that right. are invincible, that could do anything that we want them to do, mm-hmm. right? Where we could feel like we're a kid again. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, too, because all of that stuff that I was um, putting in my body, all the sugar and all the energy drinks and all the synthetic stuff that we're craving, you know, that we're, that we're buying into for the energy and for feeling good and for, you know, being productive, None of that stuff actually works. The irony was completely eliminating all that stuff and just fueling your body with exactly what it needs. And you actually receive all the stuff that you are seeking for through those fake items. Yeah. Right? So it's absolutely crazy um, to, be able to, to be able to witness and experience it uh, of how true it really is and how incredible our bodies really are. Yeah. Well, and I'll just say, you know, to wrap it up, like, God definitely uses our testimony and our weaknesses and our struggles to advance his kingdom and to pay it forward and to bring another lost, you know, soul back to the kingdom and back home. And so, you know, it's powerful, and I'm just grateful that you're still here, first of all, (laughs) that you found, you know, a way out of all of that and that you were able to and willing to step up and share and let me be a part of it. Um, and just grateful now that, you know, we can share this story with other people in the hopes that it will encourage people to not lose faith and not give hope and to reach out to somebody who can help them, you know, and not to say that everybody's story has to be written exactly the same, you know, not to say that there isn't a right time and place for medical intervention. We're not discouraging you if you, you know, need help but know that you still need to do the work. You need to, you know, get to the underlying root of the problem and heal your body and solve some of these triggers, you know, and get your body right and balanced, and it will heal. We see that time and time again, that if you get the bad stuff out, which isn't always just synthetics and vitamins, it can be thoughts, it can be people, it can be environment, it can be lack of faith. Get the bad stuff out and then put the good stuff in, whether it's relationships and love, faith and spirituality it can be food and you know nutrition supplements and the right things when you get the bad stuff out and put the good stuff in time and time again the body knows what to do you were miraculously and intelligently designed for your body to heal and it does do it and so we just want to stand as a testimony of the fact that that is true and everybody that's here on the team has had some kind of healing journey and is a living breathing testimony of that so thank you for sharing your story. It's pretty brave and courageous to do that, but I know it's going to reach people. Yeah, for that's sure. A, that is definitely the hope. Is that if again, if it could reach anybody, mm-hmm. then it's then it's absolutely worth it. Right. <clears throat> but yes, thank you, and thank you for <laughs> helping me to overcome it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You're a huge part of it for sure. Oh, I love. <laughs> well, that's our online testimony, <laughs> unpracticed, unrehearsed. So we are going to sign off as the Mr. and Mrs. Harville in good health naturally. We hope you um, can also have a testimony whether it's written or has yet to be written. In good health naturally, we're signing off. Thanks for listening.